You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Welcome to The Co Show, the weekly daddy-daughter podcast that brings you 30 minutes of cross-generational talk about subjects that really matter. Brought to you by your co-hosts, Tony Co. that's Daddy Co. here, and my Tony darling Co. daughter, <laughs> Tony Co. Tony Co. You so, know. We, uh, this, the concept behind this uh, podcast, which Tony and I started as part of the lockdown, um, is to look at subjects, topical subjects, uh, from each end of the generational spectrum. So I am 30 years older than my daughter, Tony, um, and obviously very, we're at very different stages in our life journey. I'm much nearer the exit, and it makes you look at things quite differently from somebody like Tony, who is uh, recently married and starting a family. And it's nice it's actually very nice to try and bridge the, ge- the way we look at things from different ends of the generational spectrum. So we dubbed this when we did our, we did our first episode uh, last week. We've had some great, well, I've had some great feedback. What about you, Tony? Yeah, all good so far. Yeah, good stuff we've had back. We started this with episode one last week, and that was really, uh, if you must uh, take an opportunity to perhaps dip into that. Uh, because you'll see that that was a conversation actually about planning this uh, this podcast. And I made it very clear at the time, we know nothing, and I certainly know nothing about podcasting. And so we're looking for for any advice, tips from you, dear listener, anything that you can uh, help us in, in any way. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, we would love that too. So uh, my daughter, Tony, is representing what I called the smoothie end of the spectrum, and I am representing... Uh, the wrinkly end. You've got to get rid of this awful... I know you don't like it, but, you know, I kind of like it. (laughs) Um, So this episode, episode two, is called Surviving the Pandemic. Um, And I can't wait to uh, introduce our guest to you this week. Uh, I'm very, very blessed to have four beautiful, highly talented daughters. And uh, our guest this week uh, is my youngest daughter, Mindy. Say hi, Mindy. Hello. And Mindy, uh, why Tony and I, uh, little Tony and I, uh, thought that it would be great to invite Mindy onto the show is because this episode, as I've said, is called Surviving the Pandemic. And Mindy is a really great example of somebody who is really trying all kinds of different creative ways in her business uh, to live through survive this uh, this horrible time that we're all going through. Now, Mindy, uh, tell us a little bit about your business. So um, I am a wedding and branding photographer. I also photograph lots of family photo shoots as well. But predominantly, my money comes in through my wedding photography, um, which obviously I'm not able to do anymore <laughs> because um, no one is able to get married right now. So um, it this has been a huge problem for my business and um yeah may, may i just say that from a you know for, from a father perspective uh how immensely proud i am of what you've achieved because i mean i think i saw from your website you i couldn't believe it you've been doing this for 14 years 
Yeah, just over 14 years now. Um, so I photographed over 250 weddings um, in the UK and worldwide, um, and I absolutely love it. So it's become as a bit of a shock to me um, to just have to completely um, stop all of my normal way of working and have to come up with some new ideas in this current climate. So is, is it the position at the moment that, that weddings are, are banned? Um. I think they are. I've actually heard a few stories about some people officially getting married at home. I don't know how they're doing that. Um, but I have heard a couple of stories of, of that happening with just the two, just the couple, and I'm guessing two witnesses. Um, but as far as I know, all weddings, all public weddings are banned. Uh, you can't get married in the registry office. Um, so presumably, so, presumably you had some, uh, you had some weddings actually in your, you know, arranged or contracts arranged where weddings were going to take place. So how do you deal with that? So my, I actually had a wedding the day before all hotels were closed. So it was two, I think it was two days before official lockdown. Um, but I heard at the wedding I was photographing that from midnight that night, all hotels um, and all public places would be closed. So I had a, I had weddings the following weekend, um, which were all postponed and cancelled. So literally the wedding industry came crashing down um, the minute those words were said, uh, you know, and it's been very, very difficult for lots of different couples. Um, and in a way, I think it was a lot easier for them when lockdown was announced because that choice was taken out of their hands yeah. of whether, whether to go ahead or not with their wedding. And I think the last wedding I did, um, although personally my opinion is that it probably shouldn't have gone ahead in terms of safety at that time, it was a horrible decision for the couple to have to come to um, and a very stressful week with them going to and fro whether they got married or didn't get married. Um, uh, so it was very sad to see them go through that stressful experience. And then they chose in the end to get married because actually the venue they were getting married at weren't particularly accommodating in mm. postponing the wedding without a large fee. Um, and that meant that some very, very key parts of their, uh, their uh, wedding couldn't actually be there, including parents and siblings. So... Now you're in a situation where all your business, presumably your income has stopped. Is that right? You'd think. Um, I mean, yes, it did stop momentarily. Um, and that was incredibly scary for, um, you know, someone that's self-employed. And, um, you know, to start with, we weren't told that we would get any help at all. So that's been really, really scary. And I haven't had any help as of yet um, from the government, which hopefully something will come through at some point. Well, I would like to ask you a little bit more about that. But uh, just because, uh, Tony, you, you, what's the situation with your job? Because you've also um, something's happened with your work, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think it's definitely hit the creative industry really hard, uh, in particular, sort of self-employed people. Um, and small independent businesses. <clears throat> Obviously, I work in the music industry, uh, which has been completely devastated by what's going on. Um, we were one of the first places to be shut down, but we weren't officially shut down by uh, the government. We were basically, the public were advised not to go to the venue, um, but they weren't doing a lockdown, which you know, kind of like meant that we couldn't claim on our insurance or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it meant that we had to make the social socially responsible decision to close on our own accord 
Um, but also it just didn't make sense because people weren't coming. So, you know, we had to close. And now we're just in a position where we can't generate any income. I mean, our business model is built on uh, selling, al- is, uh, is on alcohol sales. Yeah. So we really ticket events. We work with promoters. Um, so I've had to cancel six months worth of events. And we have, we have nine events a week. So six months worth of uh, events is a huge income. And there's no way to make money at, in, in, at the moment. So um, I'm actually part of a campaign right now to, uh, to get artists involved with running live streams and fundraising for music venues. So that's kind of my cause right now, but there's, there's still no money involved in that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, thinking of this sort of coming from different ends of the, of the perspective, I, I was thinking in the shower this morning, actually, uh, you know, how frightening it must be for, for people of your age, particularly, because I, I think to myself, if something like this had hit me in my 30s, I'm, I'm now, of course, in my mid 60s, but if something like this had hit me in my 30s, I do not know how I would have coped with it. So, you know, it, it, it's amazing to me that you, you young, younger people are, are, are dealing with it as well as you are. So we work back- in very fast-paced industries. We work in very fast-paced industries. Obviously, there's different ones. Um, and I think young people are just expected to adapt very quickly these days. We're expected to be very entrepreneurial and be problem solvers. And I, I don't think that we spend a lot of time dealing with the problem. Um, we don't spend a lot of time emotionally dealing with it. We just adapt and move on. Um, so perhaps that's going to hit us a bit later on. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. So going back to you, Mindy, uh, first of all, how do people find you before we go any further? So you can find me at mindyco.com or on Instagram. I'm Mindyco Photography. Um, it's just occurred to me that Tony and I sound exactly the same. So you might actually, actually not you know. Do, you do, you <laughs> do actually. Maybe you could put on an American accent or something. Or oh, oh, yeah, mine would not come out well. I, th- I don't <laughs> think we should go there. <laughs> I think that could offend a few people. So we're, we're all broadcasting today from different uh, parts of Britain. Um, I'm, I'm in my apartment in Kensington. Where, where are you, Mindy? I'm in the Lake District. Okay. Uh, what part of the Lake District? I'm in Kendall in the Lake District. Okay. And uh, what's it like? Is there anything special about the way they are dealing with the lockdown up there, do you think, that's I'm, different? I mean, it's quite difficult to tell, you know, obviously not being, not being able to go other places. Although just before, um, just before lockdown actually happened, but all the restrictions were getting tighter, I was still... So I work in between the Lake District and Surrey predominantly. I actually travel most weeks up and down the country. Um, so I was able to see quite a contrast in the way um, the different areas were coping with the pandemic. Um, and it was actually really scary coming down to Surrey. I didn't, you know, go into London. I'm quite lucky I didn't go into London because the thought of that quite frightens me, really. But going into Surrey was just um it, it was just panic. People were panicked. There was no food on the shelves. People were not being respectful of each other. It mm. was it was quite a horrible and stressful experience. And I think I was only down there for three days, um, and I instantly wanted to come back back up here because um, everyone is quite. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a slower pace of life here anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but everyone is much more relaxed here um, in terms of, yes, they're respecting the guidelines, they're going out for their hours, exercise, and then going back in, but we don't have any of this one-way system around the supermarkets here or anything like that. I mean, there's just not enough people in the supermarkets to warrant that. Really? Yeah, and it's quite easy for us to get flour and eggs and all those things. There was a week or maybe 10 days that was a bit frightening where you couldn't get much food, but Mm. nothing like it was down in Surrey. So that was quite a huge difference to see that, really. And obviously, we've got so much more space here. You can still go out for a walk. And, um, you know, even though I'm in Kendall, which is uh, one of the biggest towns here, I'm a 10 minute drive if that to kind of the closest mountain to go and walk up you are in an absolutely beautiful part of the world I love my visit uh, to see you up there and also um Tony's in the beautiful part of the world too so Tony um where are you broadcasting from I'm from Hastings uh on the southeast coast (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was like, went off into a little world there where I was remember going to Cumbria and like going into Morrison's and there being no one there. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is completely different, yeah, isn't yeah, it? That's Family. just how I like it. <laughs> we've, got, we've got queues around the car park here in Hastings uh, to get in. And then, you know, you're still bumping elbows with people. So, yeah, I was just thinking how lovely it would be to be able to buy some flour and actually like make something. Um but yeah, like I said uh, last week, Hastings is relatively unchanged. I'm feeling very, very like grateful for the space here. Um, and I never really enjoyed living in a city anyway. So I feel like very at home, sort of in the countryside. Well, I'm not going to repeat my rant of last week. But what I will say is that uh, it's not nearly as pleasant being in the centre of London, uh, where people just seem to, or a lot of people seem to be totally oblivious to the social distancing and that runners will just come and nearly knock you off the pavement. All right, chill out, Dad. Enough I know, I know, I know. Shut me up. Go. I know. So, um, Moo, Mindy, you're, you're a, uh, I called you Moo, um, <laughs> Mindy Moo, uh, you're uh, self-employed, right? Uh, yes, I'm self-employed. Um, and I just thought before about what you said as well about, you know, how frightened you'd be if you were in your thirties and this was happening. And yeah. I think that's really real for a lot of us. Cause I think um, our generation, we don't have a buffer of money. A lots of us haven't bought our own houses. If we have, it's normally with someone else. So lots of single people do definitely struggle to buy their own houses. Yeah. So, you know, lots of us have quite a high rent to pay. Um, and although most people are being good about, you know, rent being delayed and all those things, it is a scary time, definitely. So yes, like you said before, all my normal income has just stopped. Um, so what things have you, what things have you done in your business to, to try and get you over this, uh, this terrible period? Well, um, when this all first started kicking off, I was, I was really, you know, not knowing what to do. Um, and a, a friend described this, period to me as kind of going through the five different stages of grief um Mm. which I found really interesting and I think it's so right I mean I can't remember all the exact terms for them but um going through that cycle of kind of um denial and being confused um and then realization and then the motivation and the kind of bargaining of wanting to kind of get through this and try something and then going back to kind of being um in a really denial stage again i think that's really real and we have to acknowledge that we're going to go around that through cycles because we're having lots of ups and downs so i think when we get 
when we get those um, sort of bargaining and really trying moments, we have to in our businesses. And then you kind of have to roll with the punches of the other one and, and take a bit of a breather when you're feeling stressed. Sure. Um, so the first thing that I did was cry a lot yeah. um, and, wor- and worry. Um, and then the next thing I did was actually to start to grab some realization of what was going on and listen to um, lots of podcasts actually on what could possibly be done in this situation and you know we have we are we have access to so much free um education all the time but especially now loads of people are trying to put help out into the community um but specifically as a wedding photographer who can't go and photograph weddings uh what can you actually do in order to generate revenue yeah so um what i was just going to say was one of the things that i listened to was someone saying how to rejig your business in a recession Um, and one of them was saying that um for new upcoming up and coming businesses up and coming wedding photographers or um in any industry those people are going to really thrive after this time Um, and businesses like mine are going to be hit first because i've been a photographer for 14 years i'm not the cheapest person on the market i have a lot of experience behind me so i had to think about what i'm going to do now but also what i'm going to do going forward quite quickly right um and my the advice i listen to and the advice i'd give to other people is don't panic and don't start dropping your prices really quickly because that's going to damage your business more than anything Mm, good um, advice very good advice yeah and and although it feels scary because you want to just grab as much work as you can um our businesses our uh, established businesses are going to be hit first but we have to roll with the punches and we have to come up with some um smaller avenues of selling smaller products uh, that are affordable for people to afford now okay um so some of the things that i've done is um one of the things that is really sad for, for people that want photography now is newborn photo shoots. Um, and the reason for that is because with newborn photography, it needs to be done really within the first two, three weeks max. Right. Um, and once you've gone past that period. And why is that? Because um, your baby is really sleepy in this stage and you can kind of curl them up into cute positions um, and once you go past that point, they completely change. So they're like um, little bits of plasticine that you can they, bend. They actually literally have bendy bones, <laughs> which is kind of great. Did you know that babies are born without kneecaps? No. Yep, that was, that was on my quiz last night. Just thought I'd drop that in there. Oh, we did a quiz last night too. Great. Yeah, we, we, and it was a fancy dress quiz. We went dressed as Bonnie and Clyde during a pandemic. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to put a picture out about that with this next podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, so, so my, what I was thinking was how I can accommodate these fa- these new families that are going through a really exciting stage in their life that can't go to a photographer and have these pictures taken. Right. So what I've done is I've created a virtual newborn package. What is mm-hmm. that? I hear you say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes. Good anticipation. <laughs> so basically what I do is I do a, um, a half an hour session before we even do a photo shoot um, yeah. over FaceTime. Yeah. Um, and that's going through whatever camera these people have. Um, you can do it on a phone. That's absolutely fine. If you have an SLR, even better. Um, yeah. 
So the better the camera you have is great, but phones are so good at the moment, you can do anything with what, what you have. Um, so the first thing is to go through your phone and see, um, set these settings to the optimal point, and then do a little walkthrough of your house. And then the following day, we actually do um, an hour to an hour and a half of me coaching you through taking pictures of your baby. So you're, you're in effect, you're teaching them how to do it. You're doing it almost doing it remotely through their equipment. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm literally doing, I actually just did one before this podcast of a, a bump photo shoot as well. So a pregnancy photo shoot. Um, and uh, the, the husband who was taking the pictures was terrified that he was going to get it wrong. And I said to him, you are literally my hands. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Um, and what happened was we realized halfway through the shoot that the kind of camera he had, he needed two hands. Although the previous virtual ones I've done, we've been able to do it with one hand. And then what they do is they hold the phone with one hand and then the camera in front of the phone. So I can see exactly how they're framing the photo. With this one, slightly different, obviously, as you can imagine, I'm learning on the job on all of these things. We realized that we ha- I, I needed the phone strapped to his chest. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we put a bra on him. <laughs> no. Um, no, I'd t- like to have a picture of that for the podcast. Yeah, and tucked the phone into the bra, which actually worked really well. And, oh, um, see, look, how innovative is that? Like, you know, yeah. you could use a tripod, but no, you went for bra. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it was just the quickest thing that sprung to mind. Unfortunately, I did know this couple, so it was something I could suggest um, and they wouldn't freak out. But I don't know how many more people I'll be able to get to do that. But, you know, it, I am having to learn a lot on the job, but that's one of the ways that I've been able to generate an income and pivot my business um, in this time. That's absolutely brilliant, though. I mean, you know, because just as you were talking, I mean, you think of young well, couples with a newborn baby and, the, you know, it's such a special time. And if they, you know, if they can't get pictures at that time, you know, obviously they can use their phone, but it's not never looks anything like your photographs. I mean, your photographs are just outstanding. Thank you. Um, so the last part of the photo shoot that I missed off is that they actually send me all the raw files, the large files that they've taken. And right. then I do an editing service where I photograph them all. Uh, sorry, I edit them all in my style. Um, so then they get a whole gallery of images where they look like I've taken them. But they've taken on skills that I've taught them to be able to go forward and use their cameras and photograph their children as they grow up. So it's two things, really. They get the pictures of their newborn baby, plus they get some skills. Exactly. That they can use, you know, going forward. That's brilliant. I would like to ask a question if that's okay. Of course. That's what you're here for. You're my co-host. I know, but I'm trying to wait for you to shut up. (laughs) You know that's not going to ever happen. (laughs) Um, So, Min, like, as we come out of the lockdown, hopefully in the next couple of months, what do you think your business is going to look like in terms of, do you see yourself being able to go straight back into doing weddings in two months or like what is your plan in the interim? It's really difficult to have a plan because I'm um, at the mercy of uh, everyone else obviously arranging their weddings. So I could come out of this and not, not have any weddings to go forward with because lots of people are moving their weddings into next year. Um, And it's, it's a very confusing time. People are still booking new weddings in August now. Um, and I'm also having, sorry, for this year, for this year, people are still booking August weddings this year, but I'm also having people that have already booked weddings in October who are now moving them to next year. 
So it's very confusing. We, no one knows what's happening. And I think that's why it's so important to just stay on the ball and keep evol- evolving your business. And, you know, I'm coming up with lots of different ways of doing that at the moment. And that's not just photography related. Um, you know, I'm, I've also started teaching yoga online. Um, yoga, I am a trained yoga teacher as well. That, that's a a skill that I learned last year. I got qualified last year in Costa Rica um, and nothing, something that I never thought I'd go forward with as a business. Um, But this is the time we have to dig deep and see what other skills we have um, to provide online and sell. And, you know, that's actually something I'm really enjoying. And maybe I will go forward with that as well as a separate sideline business. Um, yeah, that's, that's it's not great. really it's not dissimilar to what's happening with uh, us at the music venue as well because obviously like I said we had a full calendar and as soon as this all started kicking off people started um, cancelling everything up until May and they were still pushing the events back into autumn and winter and now I'm getting people that are pushing them back until May next year and so it's really hard to kind of get an idea of the time frame um, and you know what we'll, what our businesses are going to be looking like but as you said I just keep rescheduling people in and just hoping things will go ahead I still have events booked in for next month right now but I'm just going to continue to move them and be flexible and just see what happens because it's better to open up and have some events in place rather than open up and have nothing in the calendar so we'll just have to see how it goes exactly I, I still have weddings for July August September October um November actually this year but I'm fully expecting for them to move if they need to and I'm just accommodating my couples as much as I can we're all in this together and we've just got to help each other or maybe something will happen or that you know and we'll be able to work in a different way you just never know I think we're just waiting for someone to be really creative and entrepreneurial and come up with a new idea in which we can be a community without having to physically be in the same place I'm wondering really whether the world is ever going to be quite the same again. You know, it's, um, I was listening to uh, Dominic Raab, who you know is the, um, the de- effectively the deputy prime minister uh, this morning. And, and he, he was, you know, they, he was being pressed on when, you know, when are we going to get out of this? And it was clear to me from his answers that, he doesn't know the answer. They don't really know the answer. Because, of course, this is a brand new virus. And they keep talking about following the science. But the, the, the fact of the matter is uh, that the scientists don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so the questions that they keep being asked, they really don't have an answer to. So, I mean, I, I think we could be in for a few months of this lockdown and uh, when we do start and when we start to come out of it I'm quite sure it's going to be quite gradual Um, you know he was being asked about how that might look like and he's you know he said well I went to buy a bottle of milk last night and I had to you know stand out on the pavement behind a line two meters from the person in front said that, you know, he indicated that that's probably going to be the way we're going to shop for a very long time. You know, so. Yeah, I'm not expecting us to open again this year, if I'm honest. I mean, I hope that there is some hope that this virus will go away as quickly as it's come. And I think that's very possible, especially considering we're going into the warmer months now. But, uh, you know, there's also the economical impact 
Uh, there's the psychological impacts. Like, are people going to want to be in the same space together when the lockdown you yeah. know, happens? Like, are yeah. people are people going to want to come to music? Are people want to? Are they going to want to have weddings this year? Until we know that there's a vaccine, we just don't know. Well, I think people are going to want to have weddings, um, but you know, it might be that Mindy, you've got to come up with something along the lines of your newborn shoot, maybe. You know, to, for the uh, for the early stages of that, I don't know. Or I suppose, I mean, funerals can go ahead, can't they? Yes. But they has to be the immediate family, so it might be that you're going to have something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's very likely that they'll have to be um, cut down. To, so most weddings that I do are between sort of 80 and 150 people. That's quite normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's very, very likely that there will be very small when it does opens up, open up. So I think there are going to be lots of people moving their weddings, you know, more people moving their weddings to come in the next few months and potentially even the, the whole of this year. Yeah. And Tony, your campaign that you're working on, um, I think you've called it Save Save Our Venues or something like that. Yeah, that's right. So what, what's, just tell us a bit more about that. Well, guys, it's actually embargoed until tomorrow. But oh, so you, well, yeah, but this will go out after tomorrow. So yeah, exactly, no, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I, I've actually, I'm working with a charity called Music Venue Trust, um, and they are Basically, they look after and support 500 plus music venues around the UK. And the campaign aims to set up a a group of tools, basically, for artists to fundraise for their music venues. So they'll be able to visit this website, which will tell them how to live stream their music from home. And through doing that live stream, they'll be raising funds for a music venue. You look very confused, Dad. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's me concentrating right okay okay you look, all right um yeah so it's called save our venues um we've got 105 venues uh going to announce the campaign tomorrow morning at 10 a.m um and i will be helping to coordinate a program of live streaming events Wow. Well, that, you know, wish you every, every success with that. How are we doing on our time? Uh, we have about three minutes. Okay, so we best wrap this up. I think, um, Mindy, you, you had something a little bit special for our listeners. I do. So um, if there is anyone out there that would like a virtual session, um, at the moment I'm offering newborn and pregnancy shoots, but if there's any kind of photo shoot that you you would like, I'm offering 10% off to the listeners. So if you want to message me, you can do that on Instagram at Mindy Co Photography or on my email, mindy at mindyco.com. With the quote co-show, you'll get 10% off for any of my shoots. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Got some listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's listener singular, singular. I think. No, but um, that's really great. Thank you, thank you very much for that. And it's really, really inspiring to hear about what you're doing, the creative things you're doing to make your business uh, survive through this. Uh, you're listening to the Co Show. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we now have an email address. Uh, that's the Co Show Podcast, the Co Show Podcast at gmail.com. And you can tweet us even at co-show podcast, at co-show podcast. So thank you everyone for uh, listening to this episode. Do a check back and listen to um, episode one. Uh, And uh, we'll be putting uh, a podcast out weekly. 
uh, as I say, it's uh, it's a cross-generational discussion. And uh, I would end, end this by saying that now that I'm at, uh, well, now that I am, I'm at the wrinkly end, as I said, nearer to the, a lot nearer to the exit. Um, what I do realize is, you know, once I, I said how frightening it must be in your, in your 30s, it's a, a different in your 60s to be going through this unprecedented time. But it does make you realize, using that word time, just how precious time is. So I would say, everybody out there, please be good to each other. Realize that our time on this planet is very limited, very short. Don't waste it, and don't waste it on being unkind to people. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, lovely daughters, and uh, good luck with your businesses. This is The Co Show, signing off for this week. The Co Show, The Co Show. Talking about stuff. <laughs>